Speaking of anthropology, my name is Dylan. And my name is Kevin. And uh, yeah, we are back here on the 5th of November 2021 with, uh, I guess it's, she's not really a, a guest anymore, as has been pointed out already, uh, but f- friend of the show, a friend in general, a wonderful human being, uh, Sherry is once again joining us. Hello, Sherry. Hi. Yeah, it's great to uh, be back in here and see you guys get uh, caught up. I haven't seen much of you guys or, um, you know, just any updates and what's been, this is exciting to get to kind of recap. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's nice. It's. I don't think that um, we have spoken since I was last in Fairbanks, which is when Kevin and I did our first in-person show in a year and a half and probably it'll be another year and a half before we do one together again like that. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, been a been a minute now a uh, fair amount of stuff has happened i think for everyone so i am uh, i'm excited to talk to you i'm excited to talk to kevin on uh you know today's episode of speaking anthropology here on uh, kcua 91.5 fm fairbanks but of course as always i am eternally curious especially as it's november now and it is winter time despite what these false uh, weathermen on the east coast say i'm curious how winter is in fairbanks today uh, you know, how is it? Is it nice and cold? Has it been unseasonably warm? What's what's going on there? Yeah, I, I think the usual um, that we talk about, maybe Sherry can also give some thoughts on the weather because I, I don't know when it's fully going to snow. Um, it hasn't fully snowed and just stayed. You know, it's it's been snowing and then warming up and melting and then icing over. So Alaska is not truly Alaska yet. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, the, you know, the wintry advisories are coming here and there. But, you know, today's 19 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Cozy, not too bad. A little chilly, but not too bad. Right, Cherry? Not bad at all. I think that uh, unusually warm and um, but it's been cold. I've been I'm still driving with my windows down. You know, it's refreshing. I think uh, when I leave campus is usually pretty late in the evening and I coast home and I first thing I do is, you know, crack the windows down and just kind of let the let the breeze fill in my car and it feels nice. Exactly. And then how how is it over on the East Coast today? Are we uh, getting some uh, spooky season uh, weather yet? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, it is seasonally appropriate for a place that has supposedly four seasons. I've yet to see spring and winter really but uh yeah no it's still fall here it is apparently a uh, sunny 52 out um i went outside a little earlier i don't know i think it felt slightly cooler than 50 but uh yeah you know it is uh it is i guess november in new york on the east coast and so yeah leaves are um i think basically really close to being done falling now very few trees still have leaves and stuff but still some here and there and so yeah you know it definitely still it's not quite winter yet it's not quite barren yet but it's uh it's getting there in that very slow drawn out process that apparently uh 
East Coast weather and New York weather is like. But as you mentioned, you know, seasonally appropriate spooky season has just passed us by. And so I was curious as to what y'all did for Halloween, uh, you know, a holiday that we have talked about uh, a fair amount now, I think, on Speaking of Anthropology, uh, you know, whenever it rolls by. We did it in 2019, 2020, and now here 2021. So third Halloween, we can break down a little bit from an anthropological lens. But I'm curious as to uh, what y'all got up to and what's even going on for uh, stuff in Fairbanks right now, uh, you know, especially with the weirdness of how the pandemic is ebbing and flowing. So uh, Sherry, Kevin, if one of you want to, you know, talk a little bit about what Halloween looked like uh, this past week for y'all. Well, I'll hop in here. Um my Halloween was uh, kind of a routine day. However, I did um, go to the haunted house that was hosted by, um, I know it was at the um, Tanana Valley Fairgrounds, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know exactly who the organizers were, but to, to them, I will credit them later. And um, it, was, uh, it was nice. There was um, a lot of safety precautions, and people went in different, they took turns going through the haunted house. And the um, decorations, the actors, everything was really well done and well managed. And so I was very impressed. And you could tell people all different ages, you know, were having just a really great time. There was um, different, uh, um, like, bake sale, you know, to raise money. And um, then after that, I came back to the studio. I've been taking a ceramics class. And so I, you know, have spent my Halloween in there. But... Um, you said spooky, you said, um, you know, seasonal, you said uh, a lot of different point words that I would uh, actually, you know, I'm going to boomerang this back to you, Kevin, for bringing this up. And you took a uh, little excursion to someplace very fascinating that I think we'd like to hear about. I believe Dylan went to Sleepy Hollow, right? Yes. Uh, Dylan, you want to talk about that? I mean, <sighs> East Coast, Sleepy Hollow. You what said Sleepy treat. Hollow. I know, right? You said Sleepy Hollow earlier, and I don't know why. I, I, I think I asked because instinctually I was thinking, oh, it's an event. But no, it's the Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> no, it's it's literally, yes. No, I went to, to the town of Sleepy Hollow that Washington uh, Irving wrote about, um, you know, with his uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which famously has, um, oh, what's his face? The man with a very strange name, Ichabod Crane, being pursued uh, by the headless horseman, right? Um, you know, and so there's, in the story, I think, it's been a very long time since I read it now, and I did not reread it before I, I went to the town. Um, I did not do my research, so I'm a very bad scientist there. But, uh, you know, there's, like, this bridge that you have to, like, cross and stuff to get over to escape him, and that the bridge is no longer there. But, um, you know, obviously there are still some, some well-known landmarks and a plaque telling you where the bridge used to be. <laughs> you know, like the uh, the old Dutch cemetery for the old Dutch church, and then uh, Sleepy Hollow Cemetery as a whole, um, which they've kind of blended into one, that you can just walk around like this gigantic cemetery where people like, uh, I believe Irving is buried there, as well as I think um, Andrew Carnegie, I believe, is buried there as well, although I didn't go and try and find his grave because i was like you know not particularly interested <laughs> in where he's lying so much but uh yeah it was just uh it was a very interesting thing um it's definitely a town where like you wander around it and neighboring um Terrytown, right uh 
you know, the, they refer on signage to the whole area as the Terrytowns. But, uh, you know, you wander around Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown and it's like definitely a, something a lot of Alaskans can relate to. And it's a it's a definitely like a tourist thing. Right. So they have all this stuff set up for folks to come. I would imagine mostly from New York, mostly from the city itself, uh, you know, but I'm sure folks are coming from all over, you know, uh, to to see uh you know, and hang out and do Halloween and Sleepy Hollow. So that was just kind of interesting to see, like, like, all the decorations and stuff, like the signposts that they had up that were Halloween-themed and stuff that reminded me of being in North Pole, right? Um, you know, and these <laughs> uh, these sorts of things. So it, it was definitely interesting to see from that perspective of someone who, I, you know, I grew up technically, like, I, where I was, my zip code growing up was in North Pole, right? And so we didn't go into North Pole a lot, but, you know, but having grown up around that, for a while uh, coming basically from one tourist town to another and uh you know i could i could see uh see the lot of similarities there which were very interesting um for sure but yeah no it was uh a fun fun time uh i will say one thing is that to show you what kind of demand there is is they have a lot of events but they're all ticketed and so those tickets go on sale around labor day i think and they usually sell out within about a week or two supposedly so um you know like there's a lot of demand and a lot of interest for the halloween day events and stuff and uh this was uh i think certainly on my end it was planned a little shorter term than uh labor day as an excursion so we didn't we didn't do any of the uh, ticketed stuff but uh, it was fun there's it's a lot there as well as uh, one thing i will say that was also interesting besides like the historicalness and the tourist uh, orientation for it being a Halloween town and stuff is the new developments that are taking place because the whole Terry towns and Terry town and sleepy hollow and all that, you know, like I said, they're about 30 miles, I think North of New York, it was about a half hour train ride straight. Um, we took the Metro North from a station in Harlem all the way up Um and they're right on the Hudson River. And so there's some new property developments as well that's uh, going on that they're building like a new, you know, community right on the riverfront and stuff, too. So you can see like in a nutshell, a lot of different things that are going on in New York with regards to, you know, creeping urbanization um, and intensive development alongside like, you know, these sorts of historically oriented small town tourism and stuff, right? And, and uh, you know, older churches, right? Because, you know, I think there's a sign somewhere that was talking about like the Terrytown, I think was settled 1640 or something, right? So, you know, these are in terms of, of um, you know, settlements on the East Coast, these are, are going to be some of the older ones, some of the, you know, colonial era historic ones, right? So, just that whole in a nutshell a lot of those interesting processes that you can see across like new york in the um you know the northeast east coast and stuff you can also see just in a microcosm in in sleepy hollow in the uh terry towns but uh yeah you know i if i don't know if you guys uh want me to clarify anything or if there's anything i've said that uh really interested you guys at all you know uh, feel free open for any questions on that one <laughs> uh, clearly worth a visit uh labor day book tickets ahead of time <laughs> and yeah you know halloween yeah definitely um 
yeah, it's it's. I think it's interesting to think about. We, every time we've had the Halloween discussion on on our show here, we always talk about like why trick or treating so important to so many people, um, why dressing up is important, part of you know this value of of spooking each other out and um, you know walking around and meeting people. And now COVID doesn't allow that, but you know there are still events that are were held right here in Fairbanks. I believe there's like a big event at Pioneer Park. Um, trick-or-treating events, um, you know, here on campus, there were events going on and I'm sure elsewhere, you know, different distilleries and breweries had, you know, specials, I'm sure. Um, I personally just dressed up as um, whatever I had in my closet, which was like a, a red vest. So I hear, you'll guess my costume. We'll do a guess the costume special here. How about that? I don't know, Dylan, what you dressed up as or Sherry as you, maybe we can do that, but I had a jean jacket and jean pants and a red, uh, uh, puff vest sounds very familiar. It's a movie from back in the days. <laughs> it was just Marty McFly from Back in the Future. It was, it yeah, was, was, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say you you went as Marty McFly, which I I considered honestly because I like I said this whole thing was planned on very short notice, and I didn't have a costume. And exactly. I ultimately, I didn't I didn't end up wearing one. Because I was like, well, whatever. I'm not that concerned <laughs> about it. Like, you know, two days, two days before uh, deciding, you know, I'll go. It's like, whatever. I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself. But uh, that sounds like a, uh, a pretty good one for you, Kevin. Although I do appreciate you describing that as a back in the day movie. I completely hinted right at it. And, you know, it's OK. That's fine, though. <laughs> How about you, Sherry? What was your, uh, your costume? Maybe oh, we can talk a little goodness. bit about this. Well, I, I was I was pretty much dressed all in black, um, which is not a good idea when you're working in a ceramic studio because it shows every little, you know, um, ev- everything. You know, you're you're at the wheel and you get splattered and um, you're you're trimming pieces and you just can't get away from getting dusty and and so I guess I went as a as a, a beginning potter when I I just put a coat on and went to the haunted house real quick and. Um, um, going to something you had said earlier about how the experience of trick-or-treating and the importance of it. Um, I live in Esther, and I know in Esther we had um, people who had organized uh, a lot of these routes where people could register if they're going to be handing out candy, and um, some people would kind of stay at the end of the driveway as opposed to, you know, at their doors waiting for the people to come and ring the doorbell or knock because, you know, some people have really long driveways and um, it's cold. So um, that I thought, I have not lived in Esther. I didn't grow up out here. So I don't know if that's something that's, um, you know, that's how it's usually done or if um, how many different changes were made as a result of COVID safety precautions. So um, I know the fire department also um, hosted an event. And so it's, it's refreshing. It's very different than the experiences of trick-or-treating that I grew up with where, you know, we just kind of walked all around our neighborhood. We got exhausted. We ran into our friends. We saw our neighbors. And um, you got to know people uh, on a different level. Um, but, um, gosh, I feel like I'm missing so many. I have so many questions about Sleepy Hollow and um, how changes, I guess, the the changing, changing of the times from back in the day and now we're back in the future from back then. And... Um, <laughs> how storytelling can alter the um, perspective and how people view a place such as Sleepy Hollow and how um, a pandemic can change a childhood and their experiences with Halloween. So all these, so many random changes, you know, that um, 
because of humans, you know, and how we affect our um, our places and our ideas and, and our, um, our 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 memories. You know, um, it's interesting to me. You know, my kids are grown now, but I'm also look on the lookout to see how it's going to be for the future generations and for children. What is their trick or treating experience going to be like? I mean, I can I can even almost imagine where they just do it online. You know, <laughs> um, so. Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I think um, I um, I won't say I think it's sad that um, so many children don't have the experiences. They have new ones now. They have completely whole new experiences, and they're making uh, their childhood their own. And um, it's a little sometimes a little scary for for I, I like the way things were, but I'm also thrilled and excited. Um, to learn about changes. So um, on that, I think I'll, uh, I want to catch up with uh, all the different changes that have been happening in both of your lives. I know, um, you know, Kevin has started some some new uh, endeavors and Dylan, you're in New York. You know, that was not where you, that was not where <laughs> you landed when I left you at the airport. So <laughs> <laughs> That was that was the summer, yeah. In the summer, yeah. 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 And you guys came and visited the wow. um, the field site. We did, yep. For, uh, yep. That yep. the archaeological. That was a wonderful yep. experience. With I'm Dr. Cram, yep. yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. And Dr. Ruther and yeah. several others. Robin. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a really a great great time. Yeah. And I know I've kept in touch with some of the students that were part of that program, and they're doing amazing. So mm-hmm. I know that that's definitely a launching platform for young budding archaeologists and and anthropologists uh, as a whole not just archaeologists yeah yeah i I will let dylan speak in a moment but i will say the archaeology field school will come again next summer right sherry so to any of our listeners um if you're interested this is a perfect opportunity it's right here in alaska if you're not from alaska you can come to alaska and do field work here um there are highs and lows there are tough moments but then the, the work itself is extremely rewarding, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, and it's 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 a part of a big project, so you get to participate in that. It's not just a class, you know. It's so much more than that. Um, it's to be a part of a very big, um, you know, archival and, and discovery, um, a project with working with uh, really wonderful uh, mentors. Yeah. Dylan, catch us up real quick. <laughs> Give us the the elevator pitch rundown, or take your time on it. Not the elevator pitch, maybe the elevator the plane r- well, plane ride. How pitch. about <laughs> how about in a nutshell, the shortly spoken version of it? Kotzgesagt. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, I'm in New York, which is not where I was flying to when you dropped me off at the airport um, at the end of July, which already feels like it was about a million years ago now, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, But yet also, like, where did all the time go? You know, it weirds me out that we're already in November, right? Like, we're five days in November now. And I feel like somewhere all my time disappeared. But uh, no, I guess I guess that's just how it's going. huh? Um, But yeah, so uh, as I've talked about a little bit before on the show, right, I am currently living in the north bronx and going uh you know in my master's program uh for sociocultural anthropology at uh columbia right so i've (laughs) last week i gave the breakdown you know of my three classes and stuff but i've been i've been you know staying 
uh, fairly, fairly busy with those as well as, you know, just trying to meet folks in the cohort and stuff, both in the, my, my second year cohort and um, this year's first year cohort and stuff, right? Because it is, uh, especially for us who came in last year, it's a very um, different experience, right, of starting online. And, you know, <laughs> I was not the only one who was starting online from a very different location than New York, right? Like a lot of folks who are doing it online were, you, I mean, there are plenty of folks, you know, because of the amount of international students in the program, there are plenty of folks who are starting the program online, you know, from another country, another continent, right? You know, however many time zones away, like folks from mainland China or something, you know, so it's, um, you know, just trying to, <laughs> to finally meet these people um, who, you know, we were all, we were introduced, sort of introduced to each other last year, right, when everything was over Zoom, but that, you know, it's a very different experience and a very different way of meeting people, you know, especially um, people you're in a program with, right, and so that's definitely been one of the really interesting things, one of the things I've enjoyed quite a bit is, you know, finally getting to meet and to talk to these folks and hang out with them, you know, and, uh, actually you know know my fellow my fellow master's students to, and of course see you know the other graduate students right getting to meet some of the phd students and stuff too you know just you know faculty in person like the whole thing has just been uh, that's been very, very nice and so something i've definitely appreciated you know about uh the semester up to this point and also feel very lucky that so far <laughs> we haven't had any covid related disruptions to that although there have been um, some disruptions uh, this week that uh, have have complicated things a little bit. But yeah, you know, that's that's as it goes in the course of the university. But yeah, you know, just been exploring New York, exploring my master's program uh, and enjoying all of it, all of it quite a bit, you know, including uh, one thing that I did get to do uh, the day before I went to Sleepy Hollow was I got to uh, go see Dune in theaters, which was uh, quite enjoyable. I love that quite a bit. And I loved it uh, so much, in fact, that I put some of the uh, music from the Dune soundtrack on our SOA playlist. And so I think now would be a good time to move into the break on uh, Speaking Anthropology here on KSUA 91.5 FM Fairbanks and start out with some, uh, you know, Dune music uh, scored by, you know, the renowned composer Hans Zimmer. So, uh, yeah, we'll start off, I think, with Armada from uh, Dune 2021 by Villeneuve. You're listening to KSUA Radio 91.5 FM Fairbanks. Uh, we're back here in the studio talking, chit-chatting, wandering wandering and wondering at the same time uh, about anthropology and everything in between. Uh, you just listened to In the Heights uh, from the original motion picture soundtrack um, by, you know, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, a great new film that you can watch. Um, I thought it was a perfect way for, um, for us to play it because Dylan, while you are in New York, you're near Washington Heights. I saw the film. I was like, you know, it's just like the streets, you know, and then, you know, the experience of what New York can be. And then I was trying to think of, I watched, um, into the wild recently, um, as a part of, you know, the fellowship group that I'm in, we just trying to ex understand and better, 
explore what Alaska is in the most stereotypical way possible. And uh, that film is what we watched. And uh, anyways, just just a quick allusion to that. But uh, we're in the studio with Sherry, our friend, not a guest. Um, Sherry's just hanging out, chit-chatting, we're playing. We had a very long, very long music break here just now. But uh, I believe Sherry had some questions for Dylan and myself, potentially. Yeah, the the um, the banter that we have during that break was it was fun. It was really, I missed I missed uh, being able to catch up with you guys and, and get your perspective on different things. We talked about um, human relationships with our animals, and um, we brought up Yenta, and we'll get back to that because it's Yenta is very important. And um, so my questions were as you were describing your experience and uh, this you know getting to know your your colleagues now, like how are you? Properly representing you at your roots, Dylan. You don't forget your roots. Your UAF family here. Um, you know we're we're beyond blood now. We're anthropologists together, and um, reminding you that uh, you know you you bring so much of of this department and this campus uh, to New York, and um, also um, has the experience here prepared you. Do you feel? Prepared. I know that we've asked Kendrick this question too. It came up in one of our Anthropology Society gatherings, and um, he, um, I'll, I'll save his answer for after you give us your feedback on are you feeling prepared as an anthropology student in the master's program in New York at uh, Columbia uh, by UAF? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I guess I'll, I'll respond to the two parts of that. So first of all, yes, I, I know where I come from. And uh, I've definitely stayed grounded in that because as uh, the folks who know me here can testify, I do not shut up about Alaska. So <laughs> people know where I'm from. People know where I come from. They know the perspective that I bring. And they know the experiences that I talk about that ground my anthropological perspective as well as my personal perspectives on things, uh, even small things, right? Like, this house that I'm staying in is heated by steam pipes, which is very strange to me as someone who grew up with a wood stove that you put out heat because you lit things on fire and they burned. And that was the heat and not, you know, just steam pipes everywhere provided by Con Edison, you know, but yeah, so all kinds of things. So no, I definitely, um, uh, you know, stay grounded in where I'm from, you know, I definitely feel like an Alaskan in New York. And of course I've, as the weather has gotten colder, one of the things I've taken to wearing is my uh, sweatshirt generously provided by KSUA 91.5 FM Fairbanks by the station. So even as I'm walking the streets of New York, I am branded with the station and with Alaska. But yeah, to your actual question, though, of if I feel prepared, if I felt prepared, you know, absolutely, actually. Yeah, um, I felt as prepared as one could be, I think is the best way of putting it, because the master's program, uh, I believe uh, Dr. Drew, you know, my undergraduate mentor described it as it's going to stretch you in new ways, right? And that has definitely proven the case so far, and it will only continue to be the case, especially as, you know, I, once I begin work on my thesis, right? Um, but yeah, no, it <laughs> as challenging as it is, I definitely do feel like I have a solid foundation that was born out of out of my research um, in my, uh, you know, undergraduate classes and all that at UAF, right, you know, especially being able to actually have gotten the opportunity to do hands on um, physical work and stuff, right, like, 
with the research methods class and then the SRC project that we worked on. And, you know, just the whole plethora of opportunities that I was afforded at UAF that are, I think, you know, the fact that I was able to, to seize them and, uh, you know, work with them, right, is I think why I got into Columbia in the first place. It certainly wasn't just based on my GPA or GRE scores alone, right? You know, and so I think that those experiences have definitely uh, prepared me, you know, for for the master's program as much as is possible. But again, right, it is it is a challenging thing. You know, it is not it is not a cakewalk. It is not, uh, you know, something where I know everything already while I'm in it. Right. Like it is, you know, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of reading, so much reading. Not so much writing right now, a lot of reading. The writing comes at the end of the semester. But yeah, you know, I, I can't I can't really, you know, I don't feel like I'm under equipped, um, you know, in terms of like formal education. When I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, it's more just to do with like, you know, the, <laughs> the differences, right, that come out of like, you know, listening to like PhD students in a class to talk or whatever, right? I'm like, you know, the perspective that you guys have naturally because they've been in this game even longer than I have been, right, is going to be different. And so it's like, you know, wow. Like, so that's more of where it's born out of like when you when you're sitting down with other people and you see like this is where they're at. This is where I'm at They're I think, farther along than I am. But that's not, you know, a failure in, in my undergraduate education so much as just like when you're, you know, talking, conversing with all these brilliant people, some of whom. Are, are much further along in their careers, right? You, you realize like no matter what, like you still just, I still have to put more time, you know, put more energy into it to, to get to their level. But uh, certainly it's it's enjoyable to talk with, uh, you know, classmates and, and all these wonderful people and to get to listen to them. And uh, and yeah, yeah, you know, just try and, and soak up as much as I can and, and learn from them as I, as I continue. Um, in my program as I, you know, I'm near the halfway point right now, the end of the semester, right. I'll only have, you know, two semesters left ideally. Right. So, uh, yeah, you know, just trying to get as much out of it as, as I can for sure. So I hope, I hope that answers your question in a, in a comprehensive way for you, Sherry, although you did mention, uh, someone else's answers. So I'm curious to hear about that. No, absolutely. I think it's wonderful. Um, and it, I'm, I'm enjoying, you know, uh, kind of vicariously what, what you're going through and, and all of the things that you're learning and um, in such a, a, you know, a great, wonderfully historically rich place. And uh, for, you know, anthropologists, I think that would be um, just a great place to be to do a lot of the, the kind of research, you know, um, and, you know, the arts and music and the theater. And I, I think that, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for you. And um, as an extension of our department, uh, you know, to have a, a little satellite floating around out there, you know, to kind of relay all these, these goodies back, back home. <laughs> so Kevin, what have you been up to? Yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about New York now too, Dylan, the possibility. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so this past year, I, or the last few months, I kind of have been a part of a new program that's just started here in Fairbanks, but has kind of all, statewide in Alaska. It's called the Alaska Fellows Program. Um, essentially, you you sign on, you apply 
to work with a nonprofit or um, local social justice, um, environmental justice, or so on and so forth, you know, innovation, technology, entrepreneurship, uh, enterprise. And that enterprise can can vary in, in different cities. So I'm working with the one here and as UAF Center ICE. Um, so working with them on a lot of the startup technology innovation, um, how to get students, um, you know, to think about, you know, that they can start a business if they're interested from their academic research. Um, how do we get faculty to better have, you know, get their work into IPU disclosures, right? So a lot of technical stuff um, and then just celebrating that, um, you know, businesses here in Alaska. Um, and so that's been kind of my work, uh, a spiraling amount of different tasks and roles and meetings that I'm attending. Um, and it's been very fruitful. Um, and that's uh, also working with, you know, uh, five other wonderful fellows who are from all across the United States. Um, and they, they're working in different institutions as well. So, you know, you have people working at IARC here on campus, One Health, um, you know, One Tree and, and, and many others. Um, and, you know, the collaboration that we get um, from a group of people uh, who are now graduates with with a degree um, who are interested in just giving back to their community, essentially. Um, and for me, Fairbanks has been a new community to be a part of after the last four years of studying. Um, so it's been nice to just stick around where I'm not, you know, <laughs> deeply engaged in academic readings and writings every minute, every hour. Um, and, you know, and, and instead I'm applying a lot of that knowledge and understanding and experience into kind of like community building. That's uh, kind of the, I think the best way to explain it. Um, it's being the anthropologist now on the ground, uh, trying to get things done, um, you know, amidst everything that's going on these days, you know, uh, that's kind of what I've been doing. And then just enjoying winter, enjoying the fall here. Um, I stayed the summer and Dylan came up to see me this summer and saw me kind of in my natural state as a semi-Alaskan, quasi-Alaskan now. Um, I think hopefully almost full Alaskan, but uh, yeah, no, that's, that's where I'm at. And then of course, lo and behold, you know, uh, come next uh, May when this fellowship ends, We'll have to I have to figure something out, and and am currently trying to figure out what what possibilities are out there because there's so many. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sherry, we last when we talked to you, I remember. Uh, well, we both graduated, so congratulations on that, congratulations Sherry. To you too. <laughs> um, and now, what what are you doing now? Are you continuing? I believe you mentioned you're working with the department now as well. Um, still very much an anthropologist. I, I am. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's not that you become one, it's that you fine-tune a lot of these, um, you know, inclinations that you already naturally have these, you know, interests, and um, you're just taught how to um, utilize these skills and these interests into something that's going to be, you also mentioned community, you know, beneficial to the community, beneficial for research and um, expanding our knowledge base about ourselves and um, humans, you know, and, and others. And um, so I uh, was asked to um, be the um, office assistant, administrative assistant for the UAF um, anthropology department, which I gladly accepted. And it's been, uh, it's been so much fun. I haven't been there quite five days yet, but, um, you know, we're off to a really great start and I'm excited to be able to kind of be this, this other little piece of the, the big, uh, Dylan, you mentioned the machine. Yes, um, it is. It's a, we're a wonderful, uh, wonderful 
well-oiled machine. I love this department. I love the people, um, the students, and getting to see some of the new faces, new students, and then um, familiar faces. Uh, that's always really exciting, getting to catch up with what they're doing. Um, um, students such as uh, Julia and Kent, who I had uh, worked with as a volunteer. I was the volunteer for the uh, the dig over the summer at the China town site, um, which was a wonderful experience. And seeing just in, in this amount of time, you know, like I keep thinking, is it still 2021? Is it what year are we in? You know, it feels like so much time has passed that um, I missed a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> it's so many seasons wrapped up in one, but seeing how their lives have progressed as students um, has also been really exciting um, to know that this, this you know, amassed a lot. Like, what do you do with a degree in anthropology? And it's, I don't have enough time to describe all the different possibilities um, of what you can do. So I think it's, we're fortunate in that aspect. Um, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the, the stories that I get to hear from people. So um, being in the office, you know, I have my, my office hours on the door, I just pop in, you know, and come check it out. If you're interested in um, switching your um, academic um, plan, you know, definitely come talk to us um, and uh, just see. You know, we have so many books. I can't, I can't even tell you. Just the, that's one of the main things I've been doing is just trying to organize. And um, we have uh, a, an internal sort of department library that I want to put together. And so archiving is is one of the things I'm naturally going to do it's it's this this what do I do with this need for you know this compulsive organization you know <laughs> I'm going to categorize and, and catalog and document and and hopefully put it all in the database and uh, I've continued working for uh, Dr. Anna Berg with the Sustin language documentation um, project and so I'm very very glad and I love um, the the complexities of learning that I'm not learning the language itself but I'm learning um, the methods of documenting it and it's it's very intricate and so I'm grateful I think the last person who did that um, I may be mis, mis uh, informing I'm not sure but I, as far as I know Lear who is the person who compiled the dictionary um, and translated so much was that wasn't revised since 1978 and so Dr. Berg has a humongous endeavor um, taking this on and I see her part of it and um, it's it's uh, very easy. My my part of that project is is um, it's enriching. It's it's I'm learning a lot um, about our um, our state, um, you know, different different cultures, and uh, so it's yeah. You never stop being an anthropologist. It's always you know. It's once you have been sort of put through the the. Um, you call it um, basic training, the rigors and the, the chiseling tuning. You, you change the way you see things and look at things. And um, I'm still in courses. I'm taking some classes, some art classes. So that was uh, a different change, although art was uh, a minor of mine and a very deep interest. I'm taking the um, ceramics with Teresa Shannon for the second time, and I am absolutely loving it. And um, I'm also taking um, Professor Dakashin's uh, Native Art uh, workshop, the studio workshop, which is, um, I, I highly recommend that as well. It's You'll learn a definite appreciation for the, the amount of detail and time and attention that goes into producing a lot of these um, art pieces, artifacts, things that we as anthropologists study. Also, so learning about the mindset of the people um, who developed a lot of these early skills and now um, 
you know, how many different places have all influenced. We're all so interconnected. And um, I was briefly working, we're, we're on break right now, but I was working at a fiber mill. And um, so I'm learning about, you know, the yarn making process. And with that, also uh, where some of the materials that we use come from. So we get, um, and I'll have to find out exactly which group, um, but we are provided a lot of um, kiviet from um, the Koryak um, people and the reindeer farmers. And, um, you know, I, I was just like, what? I want to know everything about how this whole side of this business um, but it is a cultural component of how, you know, we get our textiles processed. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much um, in a nutshell what I've been doing. Um, staying, staying incredibly active there, I see. <laughs> uh, and as you said, you know, continuing to bring that anthropological lens, the inclinations, you know, that, that you... Um, already had that were further refined, right? Thanks to uh, your uh, undergraduate experiences into into a kind of a diverse diverse set of uh, interests there. I will say too, um, I appreciate you mentioning like uh, learning, you know, about where some of these, um, uh, you know, like the fibers and stuff and these sorts of, uh, you know, materials that are used and are, are coming from, because this was actually a point of discussion in one of my classes yesterday with regards to ivory, right? Because, uh, you know, ivory, as, as a lot of folks in Alaska well know, but a lot of folks outside of the circumpolar north um, don't necessarily seem to know, right? Ivory uh, can come from multiple sources, right? So in, in the north, we see, you know, walrus uh, ivory, right? And um, as compared with elephant ivory. But once you just kind of create it as this material category, right? Ivory that is removed from how it is obtained, you know, oftentimes with, especially with the modern African ivory trade at great violence and death to the animal. Right. But you, you, once it's, you know, been extracted and harvested, it's just ivory, this monolithic material to then be worked with by artisans. And so, you know, trying to unpack some of that and how broader categories can obfuscate the actual origins, the multiple, you know, the multiplicity of origins that uh, then get, weaved into into one sort of thing is uh you know just something that uh, has you know i've been uh, talking about recently has been discussed recently in, in my own uh you know classes so far so you know appreciate that and that's a very interesting and i think important topic to continue uh working through for sure uh but i think that is a topic that has to be left for another time because we are nearing uh, you know, the end of uh, this episode of Speaking of Anthropology here on KSUA 91.5 FM Fairbanks. Kevin, do you have any uh, final notes for us uh, for Indeed. our show today? Yeah, and as always, this is the Goldies Award-winning Speaking of Anthropology here on KSUA. And, you know, we always thank our wonderful friends and family members who are out there listening. Uh, and thank you, Sherry, for coming in today and, and just chatting with us. Um, as usual, uh, Speaking Anthropology is Friday from 11 to noon. But real quick, we have a public service announcement. This is going to be for me directly, actually, um, because of my fellowship. But if you're interested, next week, UAF Center ICE is leading and supporting events during Alaska Startup Week during November 8th through the 12th. Um, this is a week of events. And uh, this focus of this year's uh, Startup Week is going to be North to the Future, Startup, Pivot, and Thrive. Um, uh, 
it's celebrating entrepreneurs from across Alaska and by connecting them through this entrepreneur, entrepreneurial ecosystem and uh, find out more about their events and the variety of discussions um, that will be had throughout the week on webinar style. Uh, you can find that more information, just search Alaska Startup Week online and you'll find more information. So great event. I'm hosting quite a few of them, so it'll be a busy, busy week for me. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting, I think, from my perspective to go from, you know, what we're talking about, anthropology, like the typical, um, you know, yeah, Sherry, you mentioned earlier, anthropologist studying anthropologists. Now this is anthropologist working with entrepreneurs and becoming an entrepreneur himself. It's just, it's weird. It's very different. Um, there are a lot of connections and a lot of discussions that we can add about that. But Sherry, any final notes for us today? Yeah, I, I, I on that, I would love to um, be able to tap into and communicate with Yenta. Uh, we had talked uh, quite a bit about Yenta over the, the um, break and um, just, you know, what what would Yenta have to say about all of these things? You know, um, I I think that um, I, I took a course where I think uh, was co-taught by Yenta. And um, I think that not only Yenta deserves an honorary degree, but uh, a professorial, it, it, yeah, it deserves their own office. I think yeah, it's it's time to bring in um, one of our, our main stars of the department. Shout out to Yenta and uh, Dylan. Any final notes from your end? And then, you know what? Let's have everyone enjoy their weekend and the rest of their Friday afternoons. Yeah, no, that, I think that's it. That, uh, you know, enjoy your weekend. And, uh, you know, podcast versions of the show are available at speakingofanthro.wixsite.com slash speakingofanthro. So if you haven't, you know, caught up on the back catalog and uh, you have some free time this weekend, you know, they're available there. Great. Thanks so much, Sherry. Thank you guys for having me again.